Hello there. This is uh, William Kennedy beginning metal detecting. Um, I'm going to be off the topic of metal detecting again with the COVID going on. And hopefully you're all staying safe. Um, it's going through the population. Um, I see the numbers going up and down in Minnesota. Overall, uh, hasn't come to the time globally where it has equaled out yet. But I know in Minnesota it's getting getting close to that. But we're only in phase one, so we got another three freight, three phases to go. So the first of June will be opening, but only outside dining is allowed, and nobody coming in. Maybe to use the bathroom or something like that. And hopefully I can get my butt to work, back to work, because unemployment. It's okay, double the money. I don't really care too much about it. It's not about the money. I would rather go back and be worth something and actually doing something. Uh, But on the other hand, I mean, I am doing something at home, like in the garage and cleaning and stuff and everything like that. But I don't feel like I'm, I'm actually accomplishing anything just here, so... Anyways, I hope the rest of you are doing fine. So, um, one podcast I'm going to do is react to chemical or biological hazard attack. Okay. Um, this is, um, like, uh, particles like in the air gas or, um, liquid. It can come gas or liquid, um, type of particles, um, Given a tactical environment in which chemical or biological CB weapons have been used or may be used by the enemy, you are in a mission-oriented protective posture, which is MOP. MOP is, um, it's all the, I, I, I don't remember the last, or the whole acronym, what MOP meant, I I don't know, maybe I'm forgetting a little bit. I haven't been in the military for almost 20 years now, but it's a chemical suit, which is has a cloth outline. I don't know if they use the same stuff. It may be, it may be changed now. And then there's a charcoal-lined um, inside, which if you have open skin, like if you have your your sleeves rolled up or something like that, and your skin comes in contact with this stuff, it will, the charcoal lining inside will turn your skin black because you sweat in it. And then there's gloves and these laced up boots that they use. You have to put like these boot, stra- um, boot laces through it. And they're kind of weird, uh, weird kind of boots. Um, it's just to keep chem- any kind of chemical off you. And then, of course, you have your mask and stuff on. And there's no air getting in. I mean, it is so hot. I mean, um, wearing that thing for four hours because they don't want you to be moving around or anything because we go into what is a wet bulb. It's like a wet bulb four or five where all activity ceases because you can get dehydrated really fast in those suits because there's no air getting in. Okay, level one, and you experience one of the following situations. Okay, if you hear a chemical alarm, that's one of the indications. Obtain a positive reading from a detector paper or chemical 
agent monitor. When, when I was in, there was an electronic monitor that actually monitored the air or the paper, which you could use and put down on the grass or something, and it would um, respond as a color because it had uh, chemical reactivity to um, uh, a chemical in the, in the area where you're at. You just kind of touch it on some grass or the trees or something like that, and then it would... Um, respond to whatever chemical it might have been. Okay, individuals who exhibit uh, symptoms of chemical or biological agent poisoning. Okay. Um, Let's see. CA marker to a Warsaw pack contamination marker. Nuclear hazard task. There's a number that you have to go by. Um, usually when you, um, have somebody that has symptoms of them, of it, uh, that they would, you would need to, um, get their mask on and have them breathing through a filter because that, that agent will take effect right away. Um, usually people like that would probably have to go seek, um, medical attention until they were good again. But... Usually anybody that has symptoms, you put the mask on them whether um, they can or not. And then um, breathing filtered air through the chemical, um, it would it would lessen inside the mask once they've uh, cleared it and stuff like that. And the filters last for a little while inside the mask. Um, they do have the newer ones, which are the cartridges on the outside. You just unscrew and then you can screw another one in. But there's a way of um, performing, you know, holding your breath and then putting it on. Now with the masks that we had, you couldn't do that. They were, you had to open up the mask and put the filters in and then I think they were good for four to five hours. And then you had to go into a tent that which, which was decontaminated and you would go through the process of uh, decontaminating yourself, getting a new suit, getting new boots. And then in that time, you could um, change your filters out because it, it it's kind of time kind of time consuming process to put these things in because they were you got to open up the mask and stick them in but the new ones you don't have to do that anymore. Okay, uh, okay. Are told the mask come upon personnel wearing protective mask? See other signs of possible chemical or biological attack. Okay, and downing your mask, assign protective mask with hood with within the allowable time period for that mask. Then give the alarm both orally and visual. You could say gas, 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 or the visual one would be arms perpendicular, and then you're taking your you got your hands out with your arms, and then you're doing this thing, and then you have your, your fist a fist bundle in your hand and it would come up towards your head. So you would do it on both sides. That would be a signal for mask. Um, put your mask on. If the person that's giving that um, that sign, that's the alarm because he can't yell because you won't hear him through the mask if he's got it on. Next, take cover in the most protected immediate location available. Decontaminate any contaminated skin 
down mop gear until you reach level four. That's what I was saying. Mask, suit, and boots and gloves. Um, there's nothing that you have to pull. When you put your gloves on, you've got to pull your um, the suit up over the gloves when you have the jacket on. Because you want to keep any any contaminants from coming into the suit. That's why I say it's charcoal line. So the suit lasts a little longer than the mask filters, actually. Report the current situation to your supervisor. Perform these actions exactly in the sequence. So, like, chemical or biological. There is signs they may still be used. I'm not sure. Um, I know Warsaw Pact, like Soviet Union, um, that would have been, it's a triangle, an upside down triangle, background yellow letters or red letters, background blue letters or red letters. So one was for gas, one was for bio. Okay, for masks, um, there's what was called M17, M24, M25 series, M40 or M42 masks. They were a different different type of mask for, um, say, like um, for various applications. Um, but that's those are the dis- different type of masks that they had at that time. Okay, down your mask, see table 19 for identification. The task associated with each mask without uh, um, circulating the hood. Give the alarm, yell gas. Give hand or arm signals, like I was saying. You got your, you got your fists and your arms straight out to the sides, and you're giving this one, it's a gas, um, visual effect not voice take cover using whatever cover is readily available to decrease the amount of um, agent contact okay time for a um, break here commercial break for diggers den okay they're located in uh, tennessee um i don't know what their um their COVID-19 practices in that state. If these places are still uh, closed, I probably believe they are. I'm not sure for Tennessee. Okay, they sell MindLab, Garrett, Simplex, uh, digging tools, digging pouches for that for that stuff that you find in the ground. Um, Pick up the junk, you know, because you never know if you're going to go back. Um, you might hit the same area or um, nobody else will dig it up then, that's for sure. Take it with you, throw it away, you know, recyclable, aluminum, that's a recyclable type of thing. Um, he carries, uh, well, the mine lab, that's 15% off for veterans, show your DD-214 or a military ID card and cover up your um, um, your um, your numbers for uh, for health type of stuff um, 
some debt doesn't fall into the wrong hands, your DOD numbers, if you serve 20 years. Uh, Deus Products, he carries uh, Deus N-O-R-X, and the new coils, black or white, HF coils. Uh, that's about it for Digger's Den. Um, they're located in Tennessee, and the number is 434-665-9753. And when you're getting a, a, a MindLab product, say um, the MindLab 800 or the Vanquish, they still give um, 15% off for that. These are still MindLab products. That's the only ones I know of that give 15% off. I don't know of Garrett giving 15% off for military veterans. MindLab is the only place that has done it, and that's why I still stay with MindLab because Garrett won't give that 15% off. At least I don't know about it. I've never seen them ever advertise that. And so I'm thinking MindLab probably appreciates military a lot more than Garrett does. So, so much for that one. I'll continue on with the podcast here. Okay, I was telling you the visual signs where the arms come towards the head. That's the for the chemical attack hand and arm signal. Okay, for protection, if you were under a truck, you would want to be at um, underneath the truck because that, that chemical is going to come in around about a 45-degree angle, depending upon how it's been delivered, either by projectile or from aircraft. The stuff always falls at a 45-degree angle because of the wind. In a, in a foxhole, you want to stay as far, depending upon the way the wind is going, you want to stay as far to the left or right as possible so you don't get exposed so much. That's when you're a mop four. Even a, a, a cover is really good to um, have um, if you're in a foxhole because that will um, stop a lot of the, the contamination from getting you or falling upon you. Um, in a pup tent, if you're to the back of the pup tent and the front is open, stay as far to the back as you possibly can because that will shield you from any particulates falling, whether it's um, round incoming that has has exploded and put out the um, disperse of the, um, the particulates or airdropped by a spray. It can it can be either one, but you want to take cover. Um, even in a, a group of trees, if the trees are really close together, get into the middle of the trees because I always tell you that with the way the wind is blowing, it always disperses at a 45-degree angle any particulates. In homes, you want to stay away from any doors or windows because that stuff will come through there. Um, that would be examples of protective cover against liquid chemical attack. Okay, dim, uh, decontaminate exposed skin as necessary. Decontaminate your skin and personal equipment using an M258A1 decontamination kit. There's a kit that you you can take with you. It has um, the various uh, uh, 
products in there, you may have to open up one thing or crush an ampule inside there and then shake it up. Um, you don't, it usually stays together. Um, assume mop for uh, to protect yourself from NBC injury contamination with mission oriented protective posture, which is mop. And then there's a mop. Uh, gear task number. Uh, put on your gloves with, with liners. The idea is to cover all skin. The head and body are protected by the mask and overgarments because there's like these cloth gloves that you get in there so your hands don't sweat. At least you, you're not, you don't have skin on rubber contact where there, there's no way of um, perspiration being um, absorbed by the cotton. Because they come, they come with an insert. I don't know if they still do that. They might. They might have something different. And this is from an old soldier's book that I have. They may not do it this way anymore. Because the, the military keeps changing it up. Because new things start coming out. New technologies. New ideas. Okay, secure your overgarment jacket. Secure the hood. Put on your overboots. So, like, the hood for the mask will have a drawstring on there, and then the overboots do have drawstrings. But usually you gotta put those together, you gotta put the strings through them and everything so you're, so they're set up, so it's, um, you can put them up over your boots. They're a little like those boots like you, your mom used to give you, you know, you put your, you have your shoes on, you put your overboots over it. It was kind of a little like that, but except this was a string type of thing. A note, combat boots provided provide protection, but should be covered because they absorb chemicals. It takes a long time to lace the over boots, so put them on on last in an emergency. So you want to get everything else on before that. But usually your your combat boots are on leather, so they'll protect you somewhat, but with leather, it's still porous. There's stuff that can still get in. Unless you got a lot of shoe polish on them, I guess. They don't wear those anymore. Uh, they got a suede type of boot now. Uh, the military converted over that. Uh, after I left, we were still wearing waffle stompers. Those are, I don't know, they date back to about Vietnam, maybe uh, end of Korea War. Um, now they got the suede and they're like tan and you don't even have to shine them. So, boy, that's pretty nice. You don't have to shine your boots and and do all that. I mean, I used to permanent. I I had permanent press. I mean, I I'd starch the heck out of those things. I looked really good for for formation every day. But they don't do any of that stuff anymore. It's there's stuff that are in the uniforms that um, supposed supposedly is supposed to mess up radar, so they don't see your signature. Supposedly they've got some sort of chemical that are that is in the uniform. Um, and I know they've gone back to really pretty much camouflage what I would, used to wear. It's a little different, but it's it's a far cry from what I had and then what they went to. Okay, um, let's see. Decontaminate personal equipment as necessary. Um... See the task, decontaminate your skin 
and personal equipment using the M258E1 decontamination kit. There's a task number and stuff. Notify your supervisor, continue the mission. Okay. Once, once you're down MOP4 and everything like that, you can continue the mission, but it's going to take several, several time, uh, several minutes for you to put on all your, uh, your equipment and then you can move out again. Hopefully you're in a decontaminated area when you go to put that on because you'll have to decontaminate yourself eventually along the way. That's why like trees and things, you know, for cover are really good. Um, if you have a contaminated area and you do have a tent, that's usually a, a pretty good place where the contamination did not fall. So you definitely want to have it on before you hit an area because uh, that stuff will soak in and then you will get symptoms from it. Okay, um, set up recommend. You evaluate this task during a field exercise when a variety of chemicals and biological hazards can be simulated. Okay, that way we, we always train before we did the real thing. Um, training always helps because um, there's a lot of things that you may forget if you don't train on it. Select a site with adequate cover. Simulate CB contamination. Uh, using expedient training aids such as diesel fuel, ammonia, household cleaners, insect repellent, or antifreeze provide M588A1 decontamination training aid for soldier to use decontamination ensure soldiers begin task at mob one. So you can use these um, these things um, for training purposes. I don't know about diesel fuel so much. That would that would not be good. Um, insect repellent that would be fine. Ammonia, I guess it's better than diesel fuel. Um, that was just for for. For training um, type of things so so probably do the next one I'll probably do det uh, detect chemical agents using M9 detecting paper that will be the next one that I'll do so the evaluation guide is down the mask within the acceptable time period without securing the hood. There's a certain amount of time that you have to put this hood on and they will time you for training purposes. That's down, that's putting the hood on and then, um, and then the rest of the time you would be putting your hood back, you'd be sealing it and clearing it. You wanna check the seal when, uh, with the draw, the draw straps on it because you want a protective seal around, your, around the mask you breathe in to see if there's any air leaks and there's a there's a way of holding um, the front of it when you blow out because you want to cover those other areas on the front of the mask when you're blowing out because you're blowing out any contaminants and it'll go right out through the filters so give the alarm both orally and visually take cover in the most protected location available decontaminate your skin if necessary Assume MOP4. So once you get the mask on, um, you'll be going to MOP4. Guarantee you. Um, in a training area, a training simulation, or the real deal, 
in a in a combat environment you would go to it automatically um with the test type of stuff um with the meter they do put that out at a distance to protect your perimeter in case of any chemical biological attack these sensors will go to the electronic device and actually notify you it will have a a squeal or like a beep or it's like a a wailing kind of thing i, I it's been a long time since i've heard it so and you will hear it and that usually would be in a CP area or, you know, in a bivouac area. Uh, if you were training or anything like that, it would be the same all the time. So that's the end of this, um, this podcast on this one. I haven't done one in a while. And I was supposed to do one last Sunday, which I never did. I kind of, uh, I guess I got distracted or something like that. But I think I did put out a... A video on the Vanquish. That's the one I got last week. I just want to do a little, little thing on it. I, I think it's a, I think it's a good detector. But like I said, you know, not all the detectors work for everyone. You have to, you have to get one that works for you, because all the detectors don't always do everything um, that you want them to, or what they say they do. It, it has to be. You have to be one with a detector. It takes a long time to learn to use a detector, the first one you get. And you do get proficient at it, but all the detectors are different. And I don't like any one detector. I do like multi-frequency detectors. Um, My other one, my E-Track, it was a multi-frequency, but it wasn't the multi-frequency like they have now. Um, That was, I think that went from like five to about 70 kilohertz. But it was, it's a hard detector to run. I've had it over a year and I still don't understand it. But I do use two, um, two modes on that, either all metal mode or FE coins. I don't understand the rest of it because with the new mine labs, there's only two numbers. With this one, it's like four. So it actually looks and see what's at the ground, in the ground, and then it um, analyzes it for metal containment or comparable type of metals that are in it you know and you could be faked out by aluminum i mean depending upon how old the aluminum is is stuff like that you know aluminums will come in close to rings so um you definitely want to be watching the numbers but i don't know when i detected they didn't have any vdi numbers Um, we went on sound alone so the vdi is not always right you have to listen for the sounds. You've got to listen for the, for the, um, there's kind of a scratchy sound with, um, with other objects. They sound good, but most people dig everything anyways. And that's just a thing of the hobby. You're going to dig a lot of junk before you dig anything good. So anyways, uh, stay safe and Hopefully your state's going to come open. I know Wisconsin is completely open because of the um, uh, because of the governor over there. I, I I don't know how that worked. I I don't know. They vetoed his um, stay-at-home order. I don't know if that was good or bad. I know Sweden did not even do anything about it, and I don't know if they could be used as a test bed um, for 
this COVID-19, how it acts and stuff, because we don't understand it. Uh, flu shot, they didn't. They thought that it would help. It never did. Uh, this this virus is is something completely different than we've ever seen, at least in my in my uh, time. I mean, uh, a couple hundred years ago, they had Spanish flu, that acted like you know different, and they didn't understand it really well. And a lot of the experts think that they know what they're doing or know what they're saying, and all they can do is advise you. Um, to what these things are because they're having new developments and stuff. Um, so even the experts really don't understand it yet. We don't, we don't have a real good line on this thing yet either. So um, you'll probably be wearing masks when you go into stores and things like this. And I've heard some incidences where people are getting slapped. Um, an individual would slap the employee and that's not a good thing. And you can see that um, people don't want to do that, but it's just a sign of the times, I guess. So I'm just going to play the game. You know, I did that in the military. I played the freaking game, you know. And we'll get through it, but we have to play it so we don't infect anyone else. So it's uh, it's kind of like what I talked about, the biohazards and things like that, you know, masks and protective equipment and things like that yeah it's a little uncomfortable I understand but at least you won't give it to somebody and they won't give it to you I guess so anyways be safe out there Um, sorry about me getting off on a rant here but it's something that we're going to have to deal with so anyways uh, I'll do that uh, podcast next week on that topic then okay Uh, see you next time bye